Welcome to the Amazing App Show for Microsoft business applications creators who want to make amazing agile applications that everyone will love. Hi, I'm your host, Neil Benson. The goal of Amazing Applications is to help you slash your project budgets, reduce your delivery timelines, mitigate technical risks, and create amazing, agile, power platform, and Dynamics 365 applications. Welcome to Episode 1, Origin Stories. You'll find show notes at amazingapps.show slash one. In this episode, my co-host Dermot Ryan and I introduce ourselves and let you know how we got started with an agile approach to building business applications. I hope you find it interesting and can relate to our story. Let's go. Hi, everybody. This is Neil Benson. Welcome to our new podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Dermot Ryan here, and I'm a colleague of Neil and delighted to be on the show. Why don't we get started with uh, giving us uh, a quick rundown on your background with Scrum and Dynamics 365? Sure. So just to introduce myself to everybody, my name is Dermot Ryan, and as you can tell, I'm also Irish, just like Neil. So hope everybody can understand two Irishmen having a chat over a podcast. My background is I graduated with a computer science degree many moons ago, and I started off my career as a consultant with IBM in Dublin, working under AIX range of Unix servers. So after a couple of years of doing that, I relocated here to Sydney. And for quite a good few years, I worked on the trade floor of a large investment bank, managing their IT infrastructure for front, middle, and back office. So it was around this time that I got interested in Dynamics CRM and Scrum in particular. So after that, I joined a boutique consultancy here in Sydney called XR Elements that specializes in Microsoft Dynamics. So big shout out to Ines Briscoe and Mark Fowler, who are the two principals over there. I learned quite a lot of those two guys and all things CRM and also learned had a lot of exposure to Scrum projects working across multiple sectors such as state, federal government, education, financial services, and also in engineering such as heavy machinery and tools. So after a few years with XR Elements, I moved on to KPMG where I now work. And I'm a Scrum master on a large Microsoft Dynamics 365 CRM implementation for a university here in Sydney. I'm a certified Scrum master and professional Scrum master, and I'm also Prince2 certified and ITIL certified, which deals with incident problem management, change and release management. And of course, I've got certifications in Dynamics 365 for CRM as well. So oh, that's me. Stuff, Dermot. Yeah. Yeah, you've got one up on me. I'm not Prince2 certified. I've got some understanding of Prince professional Scrum Master certification as well as my certified Scrum Master certification. And maybe we can take some time to contrast those two different certification paths later. Absolutely. Yeah. I come from a waterfall background originally and now I'm in the Scrum world. So it's good to know both sides of the penny. So yeah, we can talk to that later. Good. What's your background, Neil? Do you want to give us an introduction? Yeah. Thanks, Dermot. I started in sales just over 20 years ago. I was selling and implementing Onyx CRM software all oh, way back in the 90s for an application service provider, as we called it in those days. I was implementing Onyx at Rackspace, and I loved their hosting model. That was really the early beginnings of the cloud. Whenever I finished that project, I called up Salesforce, I called Sage and Microsoft, and said, hey, I want to host your software for, for small businesses. And uh, lo and behold, I became a Microsoft CRM hosting provider, and uh, that business was called Increase CRM. And I sold that business in about 2009, just before we won a project with a client called Premier Medical Group, who after six weeks of analysis and design and a massive big requirement specification, the, the system sponsor there, Debbie, couldn't believe that requirement spec was accurate or complete. And she didn't want to wait for 12 months before seeing the first version. 
So we switched to something called Scrum. I've used Scrum on most of my projects since then. I became a certified Scrum Master in 2013 with Mike Cohn, and I became a professional Scrum Master recently. And I've used it in all sorts of projects at Premier Medical Group, at Guys and St. Thomas's Hospital Trust, American Homes for Rent, Advantage Sales and Marketing at Red Bull, and at Toyota, which is a little ironic, considering that was the, the birthplace of lean manufacturing and some of the principles that went into agile software development. And more recently, with all of our clients at KPMG Australia as well. Fantastic. So plenty of scrum knowledge there, Neil, that you're uh, also an MVP for Dynamics 365. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky. So my first scrum project was 2009, and, and I'm lucky enough to have been given the MVP award each year since 2010. So really honored to be part of that crew as well. Great. So, Jeremy, do you want to give us a rundown on the types of topics that we're going to cover on the podcast? Yeah, today I think we should start with an introduction of what Agile is. Um, so, Agile and where Scrum fits in the Agile world. And then later on, we'll look at the advantages of using Scrum for Dynamics 365 and how that contrasts with the waterfall world. So, as a quick overview of Agile. So, Agile refers to software development methodologies and frameworks that are based on an iterative approach. So requirements and solutions evolve over time, as opposed to a waterfall approach where all the requirements are defined upfront. Way back in 2001, about 17 software developers got together and they developed the Agile Manifesto is what they produced. So this laid down four key values, 12 principles of what is an Agile software development methodology or framework. Scrum is then considered to be a subset of Agile. So it's a lightweight framework for agile development, and it's the most widely and most popular used uh, framework in the world for agile. Um, so Scrum theory is relatively easy, and the essence of Scrum is a small team of people that are highly flexible and adaptive. So at a very high level, that's what agile is and where Scrum fits into the agile world. Yeah, I think um, it's really interesting that Scrum isn't really a complete methodology. There's lots of practices that aren't described in Scrum. So it's a, it's a framework which you have to follow in order to say you're doing Scrum, but you always complement that with your own way of capturing requirements, your own way of estimating those. Scrum doesn't really describe how you do that. And things like risk management or fund aren't really covered in Scrum either. So maybe we can touch on some of those additional practices that you found useful to bring to your Scrum projects that complement it and allow you to adapt it to Dynamics 365. Yeah, the, one of the phrases I like to use when people ask me about Scrum is freedom within boundaries. And it's like you said, the framework is quite lightweight. It has some rules to it, but once you stick to those rules, it's, you're quite free to do what you want and how you adapt it. So that's what I really like about uh, Scrum is that how lightweight it is. So there's a perception that Scrum was invented for is best suited to custom software development projects where you're cutting lines of code from scratch, that it's not really suitable for the implementation of commercial off-the-shelf software, like platforms like Dynamics 365. What are your thoughts on that, Dermot? Packaged software or out-of-the-box implementations, they're making up quite a large percentage of projects these days. And there may be that perception that because it's a package that you can, like Dynamics 365, you can just turn it on and, hey, presto, CRM is up and running. But as we all know, on large uh, Dynamics 365 projects, there's quite a lot of configuration and sometimes customization is required. So Scrum is actually really good for delivering these projects. We treat these sort of implementations the very same as any other Scrum projects in that we run sprints of between one and four weeks in length. We have a fully cross-functional dev team. We have a Scrum master and we have a product owner or their proxies, i.e. BAs, who will be present. Uh, the requirements evolve as the project progresses and we do regular releases to production, although you don't have to do that. It's Scrum dictates that at the end of a sprint, 
you have a potentially releasable product you don't have to release. So, but typically at the end of the sprint, we, we try to release it. I've done several Microsoft Dynamics CRM projects with using Scrum and I find it works really, really well. Oh, so many questions there, but all the terminology you've just used, product and yeah. proxies, and uh, hopefully we can dive into some of that on some future episodes. There, yeah, apologies for that, Neil. I've, I've just thrown in a few buzzwords and we can deep dive later on in later podcasts about what each of those means. But the essence of what, what I'm trying to say is that, yes, you can use Scrum for Dynamics and it works really, really well. Good stuff. Maybe our next episode should be an introduction to all that terminology. Make sure people mm. are familiar with the basics of Scrum. Do you want to, do you want to highlight some of the differences between Scrum approach and a traditional waterfall approach? Because that's some of the, the key benefits that people get out of Scrum. I think it's worth highlighting those up front. Yeah, there's actually quite a lot. I'll just go through a few here. We could talk about this topic all day because there's proponents of waterfall and proponents of agile out there. And not every project will be suited to Scrum, just like not every project will be suited to waterfall. But some of the advantages I see is decreased time to market. So with Scrum, you get quick delivery of high quality software in increments. So typically we will run at what's called a sprint of between one to four weeks in length. And what this means is if we're running a two-week sprint, at the end of that two weeks, we have a piece of software that's potentially releasable and can go to market. So straight away, that the customer is getting bang for their buck. Uh, they can see what's being delivered and within two to four weeks, out it goes to the market. Uh, if you contrast that to waterfall, you do all the requirement gathering up front. That could take several months in some cases, and the customer has to wait till the end of the project to get bang for their buck and get return on their investment. Um, Allied to this is the incremental funding of projects. Again, with Waterfall, you need to get your requirements and get a high-level scope and get your funding up front. With Scrum, you can get incremental release of funds. I'll give an example of a project we did. It was an eight-week proof of concept, and we broke this down into four two-week sprints. And at the end of this eight weeks, the client loved it so much that they decided to turn it on and go live in production with it. And the next tranche of funding was giving for three more months. So that eight-week proof of concept actually turned into a, a multi-million, multi-year project with regular release of funds rather than getting all the funds up front. So they're two of the business benefits, as I would call them. But then you also have the soft skill benefits with your team. So another great benefit of Scrum on the soft skill side is that there's greater team morale. Uh, Scrum can be very empowering for your dev team. So in a traditional waterfall project, a lot of times you see the team being told what to do by a project manager and when to do it. In contrast, in a Scrum team, they decide what is going to be accepted into their sprint. So if it's a two-week sprint, once the dev team accept the work, it's up to them how they deliver that. But of course, with great power comes great responsibility. The flip side of this is that the dev team are now responsible for delivering the sprint. But I've found that people really relish this. They're not being micromanaged and are being empowered to dictate how the work is going to be delivered. And this really energizes the team as opposed to just turning up to work, doing the time and going home. Yeah, there's some of the benefits I see of Scrum. We could talk about this topic all day, Neil. There's quite a lot more, but yeah, there's yeah. three that I really I, find are good. I think that last one's really important for me. I just, I've really enjoyed working on Scrum projects a lot more. There's just that sense of we're all in this together, but we're here to solve problems and, and get the solution out the door really quickly. There isn't a, a requirement specification written by a solution architect that you never met that you've got to try and follow and be a, somewhat of a slave to. You've got all that responsibility and, and authority to come up with a solution and implement it and, and prove that it's valuable. And you get really quick feedback from the users as well. So if you're on the right track, they let you know and you can keep going. Or 
if you're not quite delivering what they'd expected, you get that feedback early and you can fix it before you get too far off course as well. Yep. Dead right, Neil. And another thing with Scrum is that it's tailored for sustainable delivery. One of the ideas with Scrum is that you could work at this pace indefinitely. So I've worked on a lot of waterfall projects where coming up to the end of the project, the whole team has to work a whole lot of overtime because, oh, the deadline's coming, we've got to get it done. With Scrum, the requirements evolve. And as you just alluded to there, the business are with you every step of the way. So they know what's coming up in two weeks and they know what the deadline is. So it's a sustainable delivery. The team don't have to work lots and lots of overtime like you sometimes have to do in waterfall projects. I've also seen towards the end of those waterfall projects where the development's taken longer than expected, you end up just having to cut budget from the testing phase or from the training phase. And then that just puts your whole project at risk as well. Mm. So... Neil, would you like to touch on maybe the role of that management plays in Scrum? There isn't a project manager role, so how does management fit into the, the aspect there? Yeah, I think there's still an important role for governance in Scrum that isn't really described within the Scrum guide. For example, risk management, uh, resource management, managing budgets. Those are still things that need to get done. We can't get away from them. And whether we're working internally at a Microsoft customer deploying Dynamics 365 or we're part of a Microsoft partner consulting for our clients and, and implementing it that way, you still owe a duty to the people sponsoring the project to manage risks and budgets and resources and those kinds of things. So what I find is there's a need for that stuff to get done. And then it's up to the scrum team to decide how to do it. Do they have a, somebody from a, a project management office who comes in and helps them with those things on some kind of part-time basis? That person wouldn't necessarily be a part of the scrum team because they're not they're doing the work of delivering dynamics. But it could be, for example, a practice director or a practice manager from your Microsoft consultancy or a project manager from that PMO from your client side who helps out and manages those kinds of things. Or I've seen some smaller teams where, yep, that those responsibilities are shared between the dev team, the scrum master and the product owner so that they all get done as well. What kind of approaches have you seen used there, David? The role tends to be spread out across the team. Uh, when I say role, a traditional project management role. And on larger projects, we tend to have a project manager or a program manager who's across several projects. So we're talking about things like you alluded to there, governance, budgeting, finance, resourcing, uh, utilization of, of the team. A lot of that will fall on a PMO function, but within the team itself, within Scrum, you have the Scrum master, and that's not the function of a Scrum master, although they can carry some of that role. And it's generally the PM function is spread across the team. Neil, do you have any thoughts on Scrum for uh, when you're budgeting for a Scrum project uh, via fixed price? So we, we get asked that question quite a lot. Traditionally, clients sometimes want a fixed price implementation. And fixed price can either mean I've got a certain scope in mind and I want to fix the price for implementing that scope. That tends to be quite challenging with Scrum because clients do have that flexibility to change the priority during the course of the project. So the scope isn't necessarily fixed, but certainly fixing the budget, I think works really well in a Scrum project. The proof of concept that you mentioned, I bet that client had a budget in mind for that uh, proof of concept project and you were able to work within that because you know what resources are going to be working in that for the eight week time period. You know what the cost of those resources is, whether they're external resources or internal resources, you know what they're going to cost you. Uh, and so you know what the cost of that project is going to be. What you don't know is exactly what you're going to be able to deliver within those. Although you should always go into your project with, a, with some idea of the type of thing you're going to be able to deliver. And that's where good estimation and planning comes in a Scrum project. 
within just a couple of days or a few hours, you can get those kind of plans put in place. You don't need to spend weeks or months on some initiation or discovery and analysis phase. All right. So typically we're looking at a time and materials approach for a scrum project as opposed to fixed price. Would that be a fair comment now? I think you can do it time and materials or you can do it fixed price, flexible scope. Either of those two approaches works really well. What doesn't work so well is fixed scope and fixed price. Uh, so, so Dermot, bringing this one home, what would you like to cover in our next episode? Yeah, Neil, as you uh, pointed out at the start of the podcast, I was already deep diving into the terminology and people might be getting confused with what is a product owner, what is a scrum master, and what are the ceremonies, like what is a sprint? So I was thinking on the next podcast that we'd introduce the characters on a scrum team, what, who are those people, what is their function, and also what are the ceremonies that are involved in a scrum team and basically explain them at a high level. And later in subsequent podcasts, we can deep dive into how to use them best in your project. That sounds great. So like a Scrum 101 for beginners to get everybody on the same page and then we can go further after that. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll as much as possible, even though Scrum is agnostic to projects, we'll try and keep it as relevant to Dynamics 365 CRM as we can. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to drop in some of my previous experience and some of my client projects. And I'd love you to do the same and we can go from there. Fantastic. Sounds great, Neil. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much for listening to the Amazing Apps Podcast you can visit the show's website at amazingapps.show. If you enjoy this podcast and find the content useful, please remember to sign up for the show's mailing list on the website. You'll get a personalized welcome video from yours truly and a notification when there's a new episode available. On the website, you can also follow the podcast on all the major podcast players. And while you're there, you can follow Amazing Apps Show on Twitter and on LinkedIn. You can send me a message. Leave a voicemail if you'd like a question answered on a future episode. You can leave a review and support the show through Buy Me A Coffee or buying an Amazing Apps t-shirt. Visit amazingapps.show. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate you. Until next time, take care and keep sprinting.